Hey, Jason. Morning. Look, yes. Morning. What's the first rule of condescending club? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know what? Never mind. It's, it's complex. You wouldn't understand it. <laughs> Musician Mindset is a conversation series that extracts the performance and preparation thought process from world-class musicians leaving you with wisdom and exercises to level up your musical journey. <laughs> Do you chat GPT these? <laughs> no, but somebody should. Hey Siri, give, give me 15 jokes for this season of Musician's Mindset Podcast. It's all up here. It's all, all in the mind. I'm sticking by that. You're, uh, the next level of your career is going to be uh, is going to be comedian. Oh my goodness! Hi everyone, welcome hey. back. Yes, Musician Mindset Podcast, where we talk about. Uh, musicianship and uh, the pursuit of excellence and how to get there and, and how to develop your career. My name's Jason. This is Dave Johnstone. Good morning. Good morning. And we tell jokes. Yes. Well, you tell jokes. I laugh at <laughs> yes. them. Hopefully you laugh at them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're back for a second episode in our, um, what is this, relaunch of season two, if you would call it that. Um and last week was a good conversation, kind of recap what I've been up to. And this week, we're going to be talking to Jason about what Jason's been doing and Jason's ongoing quest and success for world domination. Facts. So, <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I know we're a little limited on time today. So let's, let's jump right in and tell everyone what you've been up to. Um, where do you want to start? Um, where have I been up to? I have been up to... Uh, I have been up to figuring out how to be the best business person I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that starts with figuring out how to be the best overall person that I can be and uh, developing my mind, developing my body, developing my skill sets and managing my uh, outbursts. It's a, it's a big thing. <laughs> Your outbursts? <laughs> yes. Can I contain my frustration just enough to be productive today is, is kind of where it's at. So uh, since we... Uh, uh, we're on break. I, I've just really been focusing on on just really becoming a, a really solid business person and yeah. uh, developing all of the skill sets that come with that. Uh, we opened another location of Guitar Ninjas, which is um, my kind of core product. Uh, and then I don't know if we started Mission to Math when uh, when we had last talked, but uh, I'm an investor and co-developer in a, a company called Mission to Math, which is a math tutoring business that's built around gamification and levels, uh, which is super great. So I've been uh, thriving in expanding that product uh, and then just figuring out how to um, how to not lose money in the stock market. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what I've been up to. That's the trick. Is Mission to Math music related at all, or is it just a separate thing? No, you know, it's, it started music related. That's what I, I, thought, I, yeah. um, I got on this kick of uh, studying Pythagoras uh, and how like Pythagoras basically was able to put theory to music, and that's how we got like, the concept of intervals and whatnot. Oh, um, and then, you know, however I got to it, it was like, well, what if we put math equations to music, right? And, it's, and just wanted to see, like, how could we experiment with that? So I met uh, a gentleman by the name of Donald Durham uh, here in Burbank, 
and we did a math and music camp. I think this was summer 2019. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we would have started the business since we talked. Um, and uh, it went really well, you know, and then, but since then it's, it's kind of pivoted to and inter- iterated to different forms. Uh, and now it's this solely math-based uh, business, but we also do coding and robotics, oh, cool. uh, which has been really great. It's, can, it's like a, if you want to call it a side hustle for me, um, I guess you could say that, but it's, uh, it's been great because I'm not, I don't, I don't have the, the deep rooted emotional connection that I do with guitar ninjas for that business. So I have a lot more clarity, right. which, so my, my role in that, in that business is to kind of look, just look at the overall picture, right. And go, right. Uh, more, okay, more objective. yes. Like we're, we what are we doing? Right. What are we doing wrong? And then how can we grow in an effective way? And, and then, then I would imagine like looking at that objectively like that also translates over to how you look at your music business. Totally. Right? Yeah. And so that they're kind of like symbiotic in that way. Yes. So yeah. it's been a wonderful experience. Um, and it's really like shown me like a lot of things that I'm in, like truly interested in, right. you know, uh, it's just all part of the, the evolving process, Yeah. you know, which, which has been really great. And music and math, um, like we were talking about last week, sports psychology and music are so parallel. I think math and music are really parallel as well. Yes. It, like, especially as a drummer. So I think very mathematically a lot of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool, man. That's great. So, and then you've opened a second location of the school in third. Orange. We, oh, we, third. Third, yes. Well, we were already in Orange. Okay. We had, uh, a, a, we were renting space from a, a place called Imperial Vintage Guitars. And we... Uh, grew out of that and now have our own space down there. So we have a nice isolated area with, um, that allows us to, to scale up probably about 25% more student base than we than we could have fit over at the other place, which has been great. And then we opened a spot, uh, in Southern California, um, a town called Glendale. Oh, um, okay. yeah. we, we opened that, uh, last year. And then, um, since then it's just been focused on infrastructure and, yeah. and like really figuring out, okay, how do we support 750 clients? That's kind of like the next milestone right now. Right. We're almost at 500. So the next milestone, 750, what do we need to be able to cater to that amount of student base? Right. Um, and then once that's uh, built out, we'll be opening hopefully two more locations in the next 15 to 18 months. And that should get us hopefully to the target of 1,000 students. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Where are the next two going to be? Do you know yet? Still searching. I'm thinking Sherman Oaks um, or Valencia or um, uh, uh, Altadena, Pasadena. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm still just kind of like feeling it out to see what's going to be the best bet. And that's a skill I'm working on as well. It's like figuring out, okay, like how do you read a market? And then what what is the best place to put the location to lower the risk? Right, right, right. Um, I heard that Trader Joe's only goes into markets or, or, you know, neighborhoods with like a certain income because it's more of like Trader Joe's, like only they, they sell things you want, not necessarily what you need, like a regular grocery store. It's mm-hmm. more like luxury things. So they do a lot of research um, about the income of an area that they're going to go into before they go there for that same idea, like the risk and, and if it will be a successful market for them. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the way that I look at it is, uh, elementary schools, right? Uh, like, like how many elementary schools are in that area? Uh, what is the average income yeah. uh, in, in the town? Right. Uh, because we're not like a super 
pricey product. Right. You know, we're cheaper than the school of rock. We're cheaper than most music schools, actually. Um, because I want to serve to the most amount of people. Right. 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 So how many elementary schools are there? What's the vibe of the town? You know, right. like, are, are, is it artistic, like, ish? Uh, do they support music education? You know, like, what's right. the feel of it? So I, I'm learning from companies like Trader Joe's and, and uh, like basically any other, um, call it franchise or, like, corporate level store, right. like, how to do this. Right. Uh, and it's, it's very, very challenging. But in the best way, yeah, you know? So if, to circle back to your initial question, what I've, I've been up to, I would really say, now that my, my mind's a little more warmed up, um, uh, I have been trying to push myself to the to the extreme, like yeah. mind, body, and soul, push myself to the to the absolute extreme yeah. uh, by learning about these kind of things, right. you know? And I never would have thought when I started my music career at, at uh, 20, 20 years old, that, you know, I would be interested in, the, the topics that I am now. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Which is similar to what I was saying last week for me too, although you have a different slant on it. But um, I liked what you were saying last week too about how even not everyone is trying to scale an actual business the way you are, but even just as a uh, hired musician, the value of thinking of yourself as a business. Yes. And I know that you're a big uh, fan of that and – I think there's so much to be gained from that mindset, which, you know, brings us to the the core question. What is your current musician mindset? And, you know, obviously very business oriented right now, but what else, how else would you expand on what your current mindset is overall? Yeah, I would say um, on one word, it's longevity, mm -hmm. right? My musician mindset is long, focusing on longevity. Yeah. Uh, how do I keep my body in a condition where I will be able to play music for a long time. Right. Right. Cause you spend so much of your early part of your career, like heavy hours practicing right. that comes at a cost, you know, like physically comes at a cost. So I have been focusing on how do I keep my body in a great condition, like drinking better whiskey. Well, like yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's part of the, the, uh, the, one of the perks Stress of having management. a successful business, right? Like the quality of the whiskey goes up. Right. Uh, so just making sure that, that I'm taking care of myself, uh, to be able to play, uh, for the long term. Now also like longevity in like how I, my relationship is specifically with the guitar, right? Which is my instrument of choice. You know, how do I not get burnt out on it? How yeah. do I make sure that that when I play, whenever I do get the chance to play, that I'm really enjoying it? So I'm being way more selective in do I take on gigs or when I play guitar, what do I play? Right. Because uh, I'm thinking long term, like how do I want to be able to do this and sustain this uh, for decades longer? Um, and at the same time, a musician mindset is to to continue to focus on being well-rounded and being honest. And uh, to me, the honesty thing is, is very, very important. Uh, so when I do play guitar, like my number one target right now is to play things that like are really meaningful to me, even if it's just, you know, one note that you're playing, but to just like try and put everything into that one note and not try to be anything else other than just enjoy that moment and play in that moment and be comfortable and like authentic with that. Um, so I would say authentic and longevity are really what I'm focusing on right now as musicianship wise. Yeah, that's great. Great answer. Um, what other than being selective in what you play, like what is your solution that you've found for burnout? Being okay with walking away from the instrument for a little while. 
interesting. Uh, so, and being okay with saying no to, to like to certain to certain things, uh, and tr- so trusting my instinct. The because of the demands of um, my my businesses, I only get to play a fraction of the time that I that I could in the past. So I had to embrace that not every day I'm going to be able to play guitar. Right. You know, whereas right. like, you know, for 20 years, 25 years, I would literally be playing two to five hours a day, right. if not right. if not longer, right? So it becomes a part of your your routine every day. And I had, uh, uh, you know, really put myself mentally through the ringer uh, earlier in my career of like, if I'm not practicing today, somebody's practicing harder than me. Right. You know, if I'm not writing today, somebody else is. So I really beat myself up and not give myself the grace to like step away. Right. Um, but now that I have a little bit more freedom to do that, uh, it's I've really been able to see that by taking the time away, the uh, the seduction with the instrument stays. You yeah, know, uh, yeah. and it's been it's been great. So every time I come back to playing, uh, you know, maybe that's just two days. Right. I still I get I get rejuvenated and I want to play. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like uh, with with shows or whatnot, um, I'm just trying to do things that I feel like are like a good exchange of my time and energy. You know, right. like because it's it's not. Whereas before, maybe I was focusing on dollars um, and. Uh, you know, trying to like catapult career or whatnot. Now I'm just focusing on if I'm exchanging my time, take the money out of the equation. If I'm exchanging my time for whatever this is, is the return on that time capital investment going to be better used in this gig or is it going to be better used in developing my mind, you know, yeah. like and my business? Uh, so sometimes saying no to these things has like kind of empowered me because I would much rather be you know, listening to a business podcast or like working in a spreadsheet, like, or right. something like just, I'm just more passionate about that. Right? Well, yeah, the official term for the concept you're talking about is opportunity cost. Correct. And that's something that if anyone listening is not familiar with the term opportunity cost, you should look it up. It's essentially the idea that any endeavor that you choose to do, the cost of doing it includes the next thing that you're giving up by doing that. So mm-hmm. um, if you choose to do something, you have to also factor in what you're giving up, even if it's uh, time or money or anything, you're giving up something in order to do something else uh, at all times. And so being aware of, you know, it, like just exactly what you're saying. I mean, if, if I'm choosing to do this, I'm also foregoing this other thing. And is that the right decision, given all the factors that are playing in? Is that the right thing to do with my time? Yeah, and I yeah. think this uh, you can tie in the concept of longevity. What I was saying, right. because the decisions you're making on uh, on the opportunity in front of you doesn't just have to be about money, right? Like right. it could be right. if you think long term. Well, if I decide to not do this, right. what is the cost of that non uh, non monetary wise? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a scenario because I, I think it's important for people to hear. And, and again, my, my mission in doing these talks is to help empower younger musicians to make good decisions, to create a great uh, career for themselves, whatever that is. Um, we had a situation in the uh, in our school on our instruction team where we were doing audits of our instructors to understand their skill set on a specific instrument. Okay, 
everybody got the same email. Hey, we're asking you to come into the school, meet with our uh, one of our department heads, and they're just going to take you through a few scenarios just so we can understand what your skill set is so that we can know how to help you better, right? Like we want to train you up mm -hmm. so that you're giving a better experience to our customers. Well, we had one uh, instructor who didn't respond to any of these emails, you know, like was we so we had to go out and, and figure out what's going on. And they uh, became uh, very, uh, well, they were very tentative to come in and do the, the audit because they didn't feel like they needed to, right? That they, they, got it. you know, I'm, yeah. I, wanna, I wanna be as vague as possible here, but, right, right, uh, right. but uh, they felt that uh, it was a waste of their time right. and that they're not getting paid to come in and do this audit. Uh -huh. So I went over, I had a conversation with them uh, and said, like, I wanna hear you out, you know, tell me your points and, right. you know, I. Basically, it was all about exchanging time for money, right? That was the thing. I don't need to get audited. I know my skill set. And if I'm not getting paid to do this, then um, I'm not going to do this. Very understandable, right, right? right? But my rebuttal to that was, but look what you're giving up here. Like you are now planting a seed of doubt in the management team's mind right. that you want to get better. You know what I mean? You do, you, or that you don't want to get better. Like, Doubting you, that you want to get better. Correct. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like if we're looking to promote internally to uh, to become management team, who who are the type of people that we want to promote? People that constantly want to get better, right? Right. right. So what I like to do is surround myself with, with people that are going to challenge me and that are striving to get better. Right. You know what I mean? Like they, And that's what we call around here the standard of excellence, right? We're just tr constantly trying to level each other up. Right. If you don't want to exchange your time for this audit so that we can understand how to make everybody better, including the business, well, you're giving up, okay, yes, coming over here and doing this, you're giving up maybe, what, $100, $50, whatever, yeah. to do whatever else, but you're you're now, you've lost the long-term opportunity to right. grow in the organization, Yep. right? So in a um, kind of muddied way, what I was trying to say uh, is that uh, opportunity cost isn't just dollars and cents, right? Right. Like you have to think long term, and in, the, in uh, anything that comes up in front of you, and go, how does this, or what could this do in the long run for me, right? And which yep. is better? But we live in such a short term yes. thinking society yep. Yep. Um, that people make uh, uh, decisions that that don't go to the long run. That it's the right now, and some of that's understandable, right? Yep. Yep. But Man, imagine what would happen if everybody was thinking just six months out or 12 months out. Right. So the mindset on one side is I'm capable, I'm good at what I do, I need to get paid to be here and do anything. Mm -hmm. The mindset on the other side is you're investing in your own uh, development and improvement and that's not always a, a money thing, but it's a more long-term mindset. And it's interesting how many parallels there are to my world in the, the hired gun musician world. Um, kind of what I was talking about last week. I mean, people who just come in and want to only just be there and do their thing and leave and are never thinking about the big picture of not only the big picture of uh, their careers, but even the big picture of a particular gig, you know, like a gig could be bigger than just I'm, on the clock and every hour I'm here, I'm getting paid or whatever. You have to invest in big picture things all the time. And it's just such, I mean, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying so much because like I see it so much in my world too, where 
the short-sightedness and the short-term mindset is such a barrier to people that they don't even realize is a barrier. And if you, you just want to like shake them and wake them up and say, man, you're thinking about this all wrong. And it's so to, frustrating, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's very frustrating. And that, I mean, I just gave you one example. I mean, there, I have, this is a, a daily occurrence that right, things that I got to right. deal with. And that that's how you just describe it is exactly how I feel. Like you just want to shake these people and be like, listen, I am trying to help you. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like let me help you. <laughs> I want you to succeed, but you're right. getting in your own way. Right. You know, uh, I wonder, is it just a, an immaturity thing for people that, you know, that are at the early stages of their career? Or is this is a cultural change that, that has happened? That, that's, to me, the point I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, again, which is why I'm excited to meet some of our upcoming guests and just kind of understand their mindset on this. But what is your thinking on that? Uh, I think it's both. I think it's a cultural thing to some extent. Uh, I think it's these kids today. You know, I think, I well, think it was I, true. You know, I, it is kind of true, actually. I think it's it's a prevalent mindset in younger people. But I also think it's uh, in the people that you observe that in, whether they would even realize this, I think it's an ego thing because you think. Totally agree with that. I, the reason I say that is I think that if you have a mindset that I am a fully actualized, amazingly perfect musician and I shouldn't have to ever um, sacrifice anything. Uh, like I'm already at a point where I'm so great I should be getting compensated for every single thing I do. I personally believe that's never going to be the case ever in Same. your life. I don't think that'll ever be the case, no matter how great you are, because you always need to be making an investment in yourself and in your future. And the definition of an investment is sacrificing something in the short term for a greater gain in the long term, mm -hmm. basically, you mm -hmm. know? So if you ever get to a point where you don't feel that applies to you, I think that's going to be problematic. And I think it's, I see it all the time as you do. And I do think it comes down to an ego thing, really. Mm -hmm. And I guess we could say ego is, uh, is rooted in immaturity. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. A lot of that. Yeah. I just wish that, that there would be some, there would be better education uh, for, for people overall on the value of long-term thinking. Yeah. Right. And, yep. and investing and understanding that. I, I really feel I want to get your opinion on this. But since I mean, because we, we've been parallel in our interest of, of financial investment, right. uh, investing in the, in the past several years. How much of that has impacted your overall thinking? Oh, um, I think they go hand in hand, because when you start thinking long term in one realm, I think it applies to everything. And right. I, I, but I will say I've thought long-term in my career for a lot longer than I've thought long-term financially, you know, mm -hmm. um, but they all help each other for sure. Because, and I think as you get older too, you have a different perception of the passage of time. Like a long span of time doesn't seem so long. Mm -hmm. And like, I, if you're 16 and you're thinking 10 years from now, like that's crazy. That's so far away. That's like never going to happen. And now it's like, oh yeah, 10 years, that's a manageable span of time to think about as where, you know, that I should think about where I'm going to be in 10 years career-wise or anything else. But yeah, I think that um, thinking long-term in any realm is beneficial for sure. Have you ever read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? No. What's it called? Think and Grow Rich. Oh, Think and Grow Rich. I have heard of it. 
I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Probably the most impactful book that I've ever read. This is like for me personally. Yeah. Uh, I have read it or listened to it on audiobook a dozen times. Wow. Uh, so Napoleon Hill, this guy from the 1920s, um, he went on a quest to live with and study from Rockefeller. Uh-huh. Uh, like literally lived in his house. Uh, and uh, took, and then he did this for several other uh, high-performing people in that era, uh, Henry Ford and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, wow. And then he took all the common denominators that he found and put it in this book. And wow. they, it, like they're, they're summed up in principles. If you could, if, boy, if, I'll tell you what, if that were like a staple in uh, college education or like, like seniors or juniors in high school, um, or that had to be like a prerequisite to become a professional musician. Yeah, boy, I think a lot of people would take a ton of value out of that. Right. So the the name of the book gets really thrown because like people will think oh, think think and grow rich. Like they hear the the word rich, but they miss the point. Right. The point is think, right? Right. Think and grow rich. Right. Right. Like you got to insert that pause there. Uh, and if you if anybody out there is you know, I don't want you to think that we're um, we're like bashing people. That's not the idea. It's that we're trying to inspire you to go just have some dedicated thinking time once a week to what you're trying to accomplish here. And in that thinking time, look at all the situations that you are presented with and try to disassociate financial, short-term financial outcome with those decisions, right? Like what more could come of this? Or Maybe that's not the best move because you've thought, well, you know, if I do this, then this will happen, then this will happen. The chain of events, what is the better path to take? Stop and think. But I, I feel like people become a little too reactionary um, and, and they don't take this, the, the time to stop and think. So one thing I've been working on uh, pretty routinely uh, uh, is to allocate a certain amount of time every single week to just reflect on where am I at, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'll do a full audit of my life, right? Like, where are we at with this business? Where are we at with that business? Where am I at with my health? Where am I at with my relationships? And where mm-hmm. am I at with, you know, what do I want to do with my time? Yeah, You know, um, that has been an incredibly fruitful exercise uh, because it just helps you like take the, the chaos of the world and shut it away and just go, all right, what's the truth here? You know, yeah. like, what are the facts here? Uh, so I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, through through this conversation, at least this one or, or I think others as well, that we're inspiring people to do these things, right? To, to listen to your elders, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and just go, okay, like what more is at stake in every decision that I make, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, embed in thinking time as part of your professional development. Yeah. You're inspiring me right now to do that. Cause I mean, I, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, at least not in a, uh, purposeful, disciplined, dedicated way of sitting in. I mean, I think a lot, but I don't have like a, every Monday morning I'm going to think about, that's awesome, man. That's mm-hmm. really inspiring me. You know, another thing that was crossing my mind as you were saying that in terms of, thinking short-term and short-term financial gain and stuff like that. Um, I talk about this a lot, but it really bothers me when I see musicians that will sub out a gig that they've already committed to because they get a higher paying gig. I hate that kind of thing. I've had that happen to me. I hate it. Yeah. I never do that. (laughs) I, 
yes, it's cost me money on paper, but what it's gained in my, uh, you know, call it like reputation or reliability, it far outweighs the money. And as soon as you are somebody who have a reputation of, I, you know, I've booked you for this gig, you've committed to it, and it's, it's a done deal. If you're someone that I have to worry about is going to back out on me for an extra couple hundred bucks on a Saturday night or something, like, that's, you're, you're like ruined, you know, yeah, it's so totally short-sighted. It's, yeah. so, it's so short-term. And um, I don't know, man, I think uh, we all probably did it early on, but I learned that concept pretty early in my career. And I feel it served me well in the long term. Right. You miss out on some extra money here and there, but it doesn't matter because you're coming out ahead in, uh, in the big picture, in, in the long term, because people know they can count on you if you say yes to something. That's so important. Wouldn't it be something if people thought of their reputation as assets? Oh, yeah. Because it's shocking you... to me that people don't. Right. I mean, same. I can't. Same, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, well, what is an asset? Something that continues to grow in value, right? Yeah. Like for, your, for you. And your reputation is like the number one most important Absolutely. aspect yep. of uh, your musicianship that you can have. That is your key asset. It's yep. not your playing. Yeah. It's your reliability. It's yep. your hang. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yep. it's your professionalism. Dude, I feel you on that. I... I Many times we've had to deal with that. Just at the school, we've had, we've had yeah. to deal with that. And you're like, are you kidding with this? Yeah. You know, I just had that happen um, just this uh, two weeks ago, or like last week was, where I was uh, mentoring um, a young artist and uh, just a good opportunity come up. A drummer uh, came into the to the fold because they, uh, they were with another group of musicians. Two hours before the show, the the drummer says, oh, by the way, I might be late or I might not make the show because <laughs> I have another uh, uh, show. Wow. I about, I about lost it. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, you show up to the show, you do the show. That's great. Okay, it all worked out well in the end, except for that person will never get an opportunity. Yeah. Me. You're talking about a student that came to the school? Or? No, no, I'm talking about, well, a student that I have had had an opportunity to be in a showcase. Oh, so there's had, like a drummer that they were drummer, working with. Yeah, that they gotcha. were working with. Wow. That I'm just like, wow. Wow, you just like literally cost your entire like future opportunities with me. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that I'm the end all be all, but like if you're doing that with me, you're going to do that with other people. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? And and that I will never refer you to anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yep. and you don't know who I – people come to me all the time say, do you know this person? You know, I need somebody for this or this. Yeah. It was the same with you, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. people come to us because we've been established in our fields for a while now. Yeah. That we have to refer people. Man, like, like just listen, if you are listening to this, like, <laughs> please, it is very important. Your reputation is your number one asset. Yeah. It so is. Invest in it, please. Well, because all things come back to Warren Buffett. Uh, yeah. Warren Buffett says it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. Yep. I love that quote. I've, I've loved that quote even since before I loved Warren Buffett. Um, but man, I think about that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And the other thing I see is people who, if it's a lower paying gig, they won't put in as much effort. You yeah. Have that happen? Like, I have that happen here. I have I, that happen yeah, here. It just absolutely boggles my mind because 
I can tell you a particular vocalist in LA who I saw do a gig. It I know that it was bottom of the totem pole, like low priority, low visibility, low money. But I saw her and dude, she didn't know the songs. It was just a mess. And she does other more high profile stuff, but it just I've never wanted to use it for anything because it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Because sure. I'm always like, well, what's your threshold of something paying enough that you'll put in an effort for it? I don't know. Maybe right. it's, you know, I, man, just, just, it's. Be- because it comes back to your reputation, right? If you're bringing somebody on to right. a thing, it's, you know, I mean, you know that it's going to reflect on you one way or another. Yeah. You know, like that, that just came up with you and me in this, um, this gig with a, a corporate event that we're going to be doing in, in yeah. September. When the opportunity came up to for my agency to book something, there's I, my mind immediately goes to you, right? Right, because I know okay, my reputation's on the line here. Right, like, right. like who do I know that's going that I can rely on that yeah. I know is going to execute to the absolute best? Yeah. Hey, Dave, you available? Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I would much rather like make that connection for you so that you know you can run with it and whatnot. Yeah. I'm not going to go to somebody that's like a flight risk, right? Or or somebody that that I, like might give me eighty five percent, right? Okay, even though eighty five percent might be good, uh, you don't know like yeah. what other people's vision of good is. Yeah, you know, like who who are actually like putting on or paying for an event. Yeah, you know, like they might have a different acceptance level than right. than maybe somebody else would. If you've ever seen someone not give a hundred percent. It's like you were saying about the guy coming late. It permanently, it puts doubt in your mind as yeah. to when they may or may not give a hundred percent again. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's a really big deal. Do you know that I I have since changed my hiring process to focus on uh, extracting out that those personality traits as early on in the process as possible. Um, so I'll give. Uh, I'll give uh, specific requests. I don't know if I talked about this or not, but I, no, I, I now give specific requests in my job postings when we're hiring instructors to see who will follow directions, right? So it'll be like step one, do not uh, submit your resume unless you've submitted a cover letter. So many people submit their resume without a cover letter, right? I don't even look at them. And they're immediately out. They're immediately out. It's like the blue M&Ms thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So then step number two, give me five specific times that you're available for a virtual interview. Right. I'm not even kidding you. Eight to ten submissions that I would have done an interview with had they just said, uh, I'm available at bang, 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 bang. Yeah. I just tossed because they're like, I'm available Monday through Friday. Right. Okay, well, you're not reading into what I'm trying right. to say, right? So if I can't trust that you're going to read this, right. you don't care about the job that much. Because you're asking for five specific I'm giving times. specific. I, I, right. I underscore the word specific, right? Right. Uh, then next step. So every step in the interview process is a series of tests, right. you know, that I'm trying to see, like, how committed to the details are you? Right. Because if I'm going to be handing over my reputation uh, to a, a student and you, right. you know, uh then you better damn well follow instructions, yeah, right? Yeah. And and do them like really, really intently. Or I'm doing myself a disservice, right? So I wonder if, um, I mean, because you're, you're you're basically like you're you know you're going through the same thing. You're just you're cataloging it along the way. Yes, you know if you're yes. not if you're not learning the material properly or you're not doing whatever like the MD says. Hey, this is what we need to do for this gig. 
you're out, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're out. Which is why the absolute inner circle becomes very small. Yes. For me. Yes. Yeah. And it's, but it's, it's so trusted, right? And it's yeah. shocking yeah. to me. I, and, I, and every time that these situations come up, it is so shocking to me that it is so small. Yeah. You're like, but there's so many talented people here. Yeah. Like, just yeah. get your act together, man. Like, yep. we want to expand the circle. Right. You know, right. I, I would love that. But you, I think, you know, when you're dealing with, with, with reputation, you got to understand that it's not just your reputation. You know what I mean? It's yeah. other people's reputation. Yeah. And you got to stop thinking selfishly. You have to think long term. You have to think as a team. You have to think, you know, my actions are a reflection of other people, uh, other people's situation as, as well. You know, so if I'm in, I'm, I got to be all in, yeah. you know, and I, I tell people all the time, like looking for a gig here, if you're not all in, I understand that. Right. Just don't get in my way. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're, if you're not in, you're out. It's, and I, you know, I feel like, uh, being that uh, ruthless about it, uh, has been very uh, beneficial to me spiritually, you know, because mm-hmm. I because I know like okay, I'm holding myself to a standard. I am I am willing to say no to people that could be good instructors, mm-hmm. um, because my standards are really high. Yeah. And if I if I hold to those principles and I hold to those standards, then in the long run, I will have a team of instructors that are all operating on the same mindset that I am, and we will dominate. Yeah. Like, you know, there's just, there's game, like what they say, iron sharpens iron, yeah. you know, that is the thing. Um, so I'm playing the long run in, in that perspective, like learning to, to say no, you yeah. know, and being okay with that and willing to walk away uh, from somebody that maybe would be a great fit, but they just not, you know, they're just not there with all the principles. It's funny how that just came full circle, but. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And you're not asking anyone to do anything that you yourself don't do or that a standard that you don't hold yourself to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. I think that's, I think really valuable information here today for people uh, who want to listen to this. Um, Yeah. Well, should we uh, wrap it up here? Do you have any closing thoughts or do you want to talk about anything else as far as your business uh, going on or uh, unless you want to know anything, I mean, well, like, yeah, man. I mean, I, I <laughs> like, ask you want to talk business? I'll talk business, bro. <laughs> like, like that's passion project. But if not, then I'm good too. So whatever you want to know. Okay, I actually do have a question. How do you go about logistically opening these new locations when you're not physically in the area? Like, you go there, like Orange and wherever. Like, you can go there to open it, but that has to be. You're, you're really trusting your people at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have like a point person that yep. is like your remote person that you, for each spot? Yes. It's, uh, it is the number one reason why we don't have 50 locations right now. Yeah. It's because the, you know, the circle of trust is small. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't cracked the code on how do we do that outside of arm's reach. Right. So the way that it works is, uh, when the business hits a certain threshold uh, financially, where we can we can cover the burn uh, for six to twelve months, and burn meaning like the the cash needed to operate the business at a loss until it becomes break even. Right. Um, 
when when the business is in a position where we can handle that as part of our monthly budget, then I start looking at, okay, where's the next place going to be, right? And if you listen earlier to the podcast, you, you'll understand what, how we do that. But then it becomes, well, who's going to operate it, right? Who's going to be the, the, the what we call lead instructor, right? It's always somebody internally, right? right? So I'm constantly looking like at our, at our team. And it's going, somebody that comes from Burbank? Uh, yes, or uh, somebody that is, you know, now that are at our other locations that we, we feel could move to another location. Oh, I see. Right. 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 So it's someone that's on the team. Right. Okay. Already that I know has the skill set to close trial lessons, uh, to manage a location who will turn the lights off and right. like, like pick up the trash. If right. it, like someone just like got good character through and through and they want the opportunity to grow. Right. When we find them, uh, we then put them in the new location and they're the only instructor there. So uh-huh. they, we decide how many days they want to they wanna work, we fill up their schedule, and then we hire from there and build it out from there. Wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the, I get asked all the time about you know, franchising um, and I keep saying to everybody, like, I, I haven't figured out the biggest problem. You know, which is how do you put a point person that you don't know in a location that's outside of arm's reach? Right. That is terrifying to me, you know, because it's, again, it comes back to reputation. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like, I don't. And reputation, uh, like, two degrees removed out of the circle. Like, Mm -hmm. someone vouching for a reputation of someone you don't know Mm -hmm. has to be such intense trust in their reputation. Right. Right. Like. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not I'm not at that phase where I even want to do that. Right. You know now because I think it would be more headache than it would um, thrill or like financial reward because you're constantly got to be going to be worrying about. Yeah. You know I, I can't go to Chicago. You know right. with like right. today and and, uh, and check on that location. Right. Uh, so when I figure out that aspect of it, then I think we'll really scale. Uh, but part of I think one of the main things that will make that happen is that whoever those people are will be a financial contributor to the opening of that location, right? Because they have to have right. skin in the game, right? right you know right. what I mean? Like, because it's like, what's the incentive to, to do this, right? Um, if if you're not fully vested, you right. know, and you got to have you got to be in. I'm taking on all the risk, right? So yeah. what do you care? It's they have to have some of the risk, so people that want to share in the risk and take on the 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 opportunity to grow there are not many of those right and, and, right. and couple on to that that they can play multiple instruments and teach them well right okay we're right. talking about you know a very small percentage of people right uh so that's the process of how we go about it but the reason that it, it hasn't been faster is just because i want to do it properly yeah there's a lot of music schools that are selling their product to um, people like all over the country as franchises or as licenses to and these people that are buying these these locations of these other music schools they don't have any idea how to run a music school they don't know the dynamics of what it's like to hire musicians like what to be looking for and how to build a curriculum but they just like the novelty of owning a cash flow business right like well they understand this is a service-based business right and right. the only way that a service-based business thrives is if the the service is great right, right. um and i just refuse to do that you yeah. know what i mean like the opportunity has come up many times for us to to sell our business to sell guitar ninjas to people all, literally all over the world we get requests from 
but I'm not going to do that, yeah. you know, because I, I feel like at the end of the day, it'll devalue the brand yeah. and, you know, give me less of a chance to, to achieve the ultimate mission. Um, so I'd rather just focus on the infrastructure, focus on like, let's, we're going to open another location next year, maybe two next year, but we're going to do it properly following the process, building out the infrastructure properly. And then from there, make the next decision, make the next decision. Right. So it's like being patient yeah. with, with, with the process. Yeah. So, uh, that's how I do it. That's good, man. You're doing it the right way. And that, that's going to like, like you said in the very beginning, if your goal is longevity, I mean, you're doing yep. it the right way to achieve longevity and have a consistent quality and you're not going to end up with, oh, the one in Burbank is great. The one in Orange kind of sucks. Like, make sure you go to the right one. None of that. Like, every one you go to is going to be great. It's super That's important awesome. to me yeah. that, that, that that happens. Because, uh, I, you know, I, I keep in the on the other side of the building here, uh, I'm pointing to the front part of our building, uh, I keep a stone from the, where I started. You remember, like, when I, when I had the house and you come through the back yeah, gate yeah, and yeah. those stepping stones? Yeah, and Clark. One of them had um, a painting, a black uh, guitar painted on it. I keep that up in the front of the school uh-huh. uh, to just ground me. You know, yeah. like, this is where we started, and the mission has always been to do this the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like focus on building the best possible product I can make. Yep. Uh, you know, it starts with the, with the mind and then following through with that. Uh, so I'm in, I'm in no rush. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I am, but, uh, uh, there's that John Wooden saying, be quick, but don't hurry. Yeah. You know Bestina what I mean? Lente. What? Uh, make haste slowly. Oh. Bestina Lente. Okay. It's a Latin. That's the same thing. I don't speak French. No, I, I printed out Festina Lente and I hung that in Harrison's room. Make, oh, good. It means make haste slowly. Right. It, it, it means that anything done well is done quickly enough right that's the idea yeah yeah i and love that you have to buy into that man if yep. you if you want to like do anything successfully because mm-hmm. there's no nothing with with quick fixes works out well yep you know like the short-term gains are short-term gains i mean you look what happened with with like the like the crypto burst last uh, right. last fall right yeah, yeah, yeah. um it's people bought a lot of these shit coins yeah yeah. And got burned, yep. you know, instead of like, like my position on that is, is uh, has been one way. I've always just purchased Bitcoin. I see it as a, a long-term investment, yeah. right? I'm back up, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm back in the green. Yeah. Uh, but the people like that were trying to get short-term gains yep. or the same thing with the Robinhood, right? Yep. Um, got toasted yep. because they're not following principles, yep. you know, they're not doing it the right way. So uh, I'm definitely committed to that. And uh, like any person that you know listens to our podcast, I think that's the theme you're going to hear is like, yeah. do this the right way. Yeah. You know, build your career the right way. And although that might take a little bit longer in, in the grand scheme of time, it's nothing. Yeah. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. <laughs> right. Some things just take time. <laughs> you can produce nine problems, though, <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> All right. I think that's good for today. I'm capped. I'm capped. Great. All right. I'm inspired by this, uh, by talking to you. Thanks for the conversation. And next week's guest is going to be awesome. I'm excited for everyone to hear what we got coming next week. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Au revoir. thanks for listening
listening to Musician Mindset Podcast with Dave Johnstone and Jason Land. You can contact the show through Facebook and Instagram at Musician Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a written review and a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you.